Jacksonville, or Duval as it's known in the hip-hop world, has had an outsized presence in the global hip-hop scene. From popular hitmakers to Quad City DJs, to those that vibrated the underground like Asimov, and current genre benders like the collective Love Culture. Hip-hop has been the lifeblood of the city's music scene for decades. It's a deep well, and I wasn't exactly sure where to dive in, so I reached out to one of the region's contemporary movers and shakers, the multi-hyphenate Giella. Can I get y'all to just bop your heads? Aside from being a standout MC, whose mic skills have earned praise from members of Duval Hip Hop's vanguard, G's a singer, educator, activist, DJ, and empresario. And what G told me is that Duval Hip Hop is in a kind of state of transition. More femme artists are taking center stage. We kind of were tokenized to kind of be like the openers. And queer folks? There are lots of gay clubs uh, where they have a rule for the drag queens where they can't do rap. But as you can probably guess, while many are making space and creating new ones to spit, big challenges remain. We can't even make this space. We have to take it because they, they, they will try to erase you. She tripping on that real thing. You want that real thing. She tripping. Today we'll meet some of the artists who are not just kicking down doors and challenging the region's gatekeepers but opening up new entryways to some truly distinctive spaces. This is The Voidcast from Void Magazine and WJCT Public Media, where we cut through the digital noise and subvert the algorithms, taking you on a locals-only journey through the history and contemporary vibrancy of music from Northeast Florida. I'm your host, Matt Shaw, editor-in-chief of Northeast Florida culture and lifestyle magazine, Void. What you feel won't be forgot. Fill the bottom, know that top. You can't be stalling if you on it. On the low, low, I be zoning. Voice and boom cat got you jonesing. You gon' probably need a moment. Press this cheek, I got you foaming. Don't stall in and out of your skull. Don't hold that in. Let that out. What a mighty fine time to run that hook by me again. Cause... I don't know who makes the rules, but I was told the house rules were shoes off. Did the lady have the house hit? I'm not going to argue with that. The Duval hip-hop scene is as spirited as ever. Not only are young solo acts emerging as prolific and unique songwriters, the kind of collaborative energy seems to be drawing these artists together. Love culture exemplifies that energy. We're working on the new project. I've gotten to know this group pretty well recently. They prefer to call themselves an artist collective. So I went to check in on them at their home recording studio on the south side. It's about 8 p.m., and all five members are getting ready to add verses to some new tracks. They're splitting a little Caesar's cheese pizza first and catching up. Is it fixed? Don't judge me. This group is made up of four guys, Spirit, Easy and 2D, Flash the Samurai, and Rob Marie, and one woman, Chi Feren. They've been collaborating for almost four years. Let's talk about uh, Northeast Florida, Jacksonville's hip-hop scene in general. Uh, it seems like 
your group has been embraced by the scene lately, but has it always felt like an inclusive scene where where anybody could come in, or is it ha has it ever felt closed off? Or I got a good answer for that. Um, you know, me when I started doing this, um, this is easy. It, it felt like if you weren't making a certain style of music, you know, then you weren't really gonna be um, looked at or shown support. You know, maybe like eight, nine years ago, the more popular thing was more and more, I guess you could say more trap, more gangster looking, more, um, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So maybe not as lyrical, whatever, whatever the case may be, it was a little bit different, but I think now it's changing, like it's more open. I just think that's, in a way, it is kind of being more um, open to different different sounds and different um, different personalities. The members of Love Culture cite Kid Cudi and J. Cole as their biggest influences. A hard times without the people you love. Though I'm not sure what's about to happen next. Artists who seem to express authenticity, even vulnerability, while still maintaining their street cred. A standout track from Love Culture's most recent album is Shade. The song typifies the group's sound, which leans towards the progressive and open-minded. The mix digs deep into electronics as the rhymes roll, with each member taking center stage. We can all go do solo shows, do solo projects, but then at the same time we can, you know, click up like the Avengers or something, like do something really powerful. Out and through the city, wide and gritty, come my hitters, they with me, yeah. Gunning for whatever come up, we ain't too right. Uh, I crave it so much, man, a week I devour. One wasn't built in a day, but this flow could build home in The act of making space for one another seems to come naturally. As a collective, how do you make sure that there's space for every person? There's always one person that feel it harder than everybody else, and you can tell like that's their song to get off. Chief Ren. So we all kind of like, all right, bet we gonna co-sign this. This is Rob. Like, trust me, we had the issue where everybody. It'll be like a track, and everybody be like, "Man, I wanted to be on that song, or I wanted to be on that song," and I, and I, you just have to be like, "No, you, you can't, you can't, you can't be on every song." At the end of the day, um, like we were saying, just checking our egos at the side, even though we might want to be on that song, uh, we're we're not afraid to step back and be like, "Okay, I want to be on that song," but basically. Uh, you know, it's for the greater good, basically for the greater good of the culture. We even in odds, believe in the squad, cause we are the guys and I'm meant for much more than a job. As they've made waves in Duval, they've earned a following outside the region. The group was recently picked up to serve as ambassadors for major soda brand Sprite's foray into music and the company has been promoting the group of late. As they receive positive energy from the universe, they want to be sure to push it out as well. We could either spirit assume the position of the new gatekeepers, but that's something that we're just not going to do. We just became of age, and now if we, can get, if we get put onto something, we're putting other people on. We're not going to shield you from good information or... We're not, yeah, good opportunities. We're not going to keep you yes. because we're not going to keep you from getting there. If you ask us, we're going to give it. Flash tells me that welcoming other local acts in a way pushes the norms locally. Trust no man, paranoia on the compass and life move fast when you start Yellow Steve. 
the black toilet. Moving too slow, I see your food in his lunchtime. You mumbling, rapping like you forgot how to rhyme. This Once you've built a platform, you can put people on that platform so, so they can get that look. Inside of your mouth, I'm doing this till I'm old, until I'm growing mold. It's over, falling down like the leaves in October. I'm feeling cold to watch me sneeze on you, blacked out while I'm sober. I'm like a cobra. Is there a leader of this group? You're you're all you're all pointing to she. Who wants who wants to to speak on that and and why? Uh, Flash. Um, I think when when we all point to Chi, it's it's for a reason. Like it's not like you know what I'm saying just because she's the girl. It's more of the energy that she brings and the she's like the glue to this. Like if that makes sense. <laughs> That's really interesting because I thought that question was almost like a trick question. I thought because y'all talk about being a collective, I thought like yeah. that you'd say no, there's no leader. Oh, um, but is that is that rare in hip hop to uh, to be you know pointing to a, a female leader of a group in hip hop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is the most experienced, but also like as far as being able to like. You know, when when there's a decision to be made and I, you know, I feel like there's four male egos here and we all kind of, we might all think the same. So uh, her perspective is so valuable. Even though there have, have been uh, a fair amount of um, successful female hip hop artists, is hip hop a particularly masculine art form? Has it been in the past? And do you think that's changing? Yeah, yeah, man, let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, because, but also you got to understand, like, hip-hop is, hip-hop is the genre. One, it's the number one genre in the world. Um, and also hip-hop came from the jungle. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop is where you beat your chest. Hip-hop is where you say, I'm great. It has been, and it's masculine in this sense, and I, and I don't necessarily affiliate um, masculinity or femininity with gender. Because there's a lot of masculine women too. Uh, Queen Latifah had a great balance with that. Roxanne had a great balance with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, and I mean that with beating a chest and hip hop. However, um, masculinity and misogyny and a lot of those elements um, obviously have have existed for a long time, but it's existed. Period. I think the breakaway from like major labels to independent music is helping us to see like the underground and like where everybody lives, you know what I'm saying? And like what everybody's doing. Women always have had to find our ways and make our spaces, but that's not something that we can't overcome and that we're not overcoming. The most successful, like, most accolades, like most history making figures in hip hop are are the women. We gotta take it. We can't even make this space. We have to take it because they 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 will try to erase you. At thirty five, Ebony Payne English is already an elder statesperson of Duval hip hop. An accomplished poet and educator who has designed hip hop curriculum for public schools. She's also a historian of the genre. Cindy Campbell was the person who threw that party that is credited with being the first hip-hop party ever. Um, cool Herc is credited with being the godfather of hip-hop when um, it was his sister, Cindy, who threw the party. That's DJ Cool Herc, whose real name is Clive Campbell. He's known as the father of hip-hop, 
The party Ebony's talking about was a back-to-school jam his sister Cindy planned to earn some extra cash. As Ebony points out, Cool Herc was the DJ. He was the hired help. She booked him to DJ at her party. It was her party. She rented the space. She hired the DJ. She handed out the invitations. She was the first hip-hop promoter, and her name is Cindy Campbell. Another milestone in the formative years of hip-hop was the song Rapper's Delight. Released in 1979 and performed by the Sugar Hill Gang, which was not an actual group but rather a trio of men handpicked to record the verses, the track was the first hip-hop tune to top the charts. And, as Ebony notes, it was produced by a woman, Sylvia Robinson, who owned Sugar Hill Records, the first hip-hop label. I said a hip the hip the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop. Rock it out, baby, bubble to the boogity bang bang, the boogie to the boogity beat. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the group, I, I feel like the women shouldn't have to be the ones to remind you. Missy Elliott is in the Songwriting Hall of Fame. Um, and all of these women, not that it matters, were fully clothed while they were rapping. You know what I'm saying? So when, when, when they speak of women in hip-hop, they speak of the Cardi B's, they speak of the Lil' Kim's, which bless her. But it's like, it saddens me that these women, these business women who handled their business and still are, you know, because what they've done has transcended generations, um, are not mentioned. Ebony grew up in Jacksonville, Southern Pentecostal. For her, hip-hop is life and death. Both of my parents are pastors, and um, I did not, I was not allowed to listen to secular music in my household. But when I was 10, my cousins moved from Chicago. He, he asked me why I was so sad all the time, because I, I struggled with depression at a very young age. And then he threw a Tupac Shakur, Tupacalypse Now tape at me. And was like, here, listen to this. He's just as sad as you are. Like he was trying to be sarcastic. (laughs) But I did listen to it and I fell in love. And that's how hip hop found me. Brenda's got a baby, I heard. And received as like my calling like I felt like I found something I found a place to fit I was always a very peculiar child I was already writing poetry and when I heard that song it was like it explained my sadness because I was just very affected by my surroundings um, and in my environment, and it, it just landed on me different. The girl can hardly spell her name. That's not our problem. That's up to Brenda's family. Well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. Now, Brenda really never knew her moms, and her dad was a junkie putting death into his arms. It's sad because I bet Brenda. Like, I wasn't ever able to adjust to poverty. I was never able to adjust to the crack cocaine epidemic and the way it was affecting the world around me, my community, and my family. And, uh, Police, <laughs> I, I felt terrorized by the police. Even at 10 years old, I felt terrorized. And so when I heard Tupac's first album, it changed my life. It gave voice to things that I was dealing with internally that made me want to kill myself. 
And specifically, he was talking about the struggle of growing up black and femme in a community that is so sick with oppression, poverty, and drugs, and how sometimes you don't make it out. Sometimes there is no happy story. And like the kids know that, like Brenda knew that, and nobody's doing anything. The adults aren't doing anything for their mental health or emotional health. And so that's how I started rapping, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, So, of course, Tupac is one of my greatest influences, but also Queen Latifah. Little Kim, The Brat. Um, Missy Elliott. Just, oh, it was just such a beautiful time for the elders, the femcees, the hip-hop to actually make space on their platforms and and in it to be love, like that's what I miss, and that's the relationship I have with the femcs and and Duval specifically. If you haven't figured it out, femc is a play on MC or master of ceremonies, the front person really in any hip hop act. Anyway, as an educator, Ebony's developed curriculum that touches on everything from the historical importance to the artistic influence of hip-hop, which, like jazz, is a truly American art form. Beyond that, she's long served as the connective tissue among local femcs, putting together all-female lineups everywhere, from main stages at local clubs to her living room. Absent a space where she felt comfortable artistically in her chosen art form, Ebony was forced to create one for herself something so important to her, hip-hop, the thing that lifted her from a deep depression, didn't accept her when she tried to take the old-fashioned route. After school, I went to Atlanta, and I was, like, working in the industry and able to, like, meet so many people I only dreamed of. Busta Rhymes played in my hair. You know what I'm saying? When he first cut his locks off, you know, he put his hand in my hair. It was like, oh, you make me miss my locks. Like, that was a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, all kinds of things. But what I remember most was nobody was who I thought they were. It's it's all fake. Like everything is fake. Like it's, nothing is real. You know what I'm saying? It was like I was working so hard and I was so dedicated and I was so dependable and I was so honest and real and I had bars and you know, I, I looked the part and all of these things. And none of it mattered. None of it mattered. Because I didn't know the right person. They didn't owe me a favor. You know what I'm saying? I didn't subscribe to drug culture. I didn't use drugs. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't talk about that. You know, I didn't feel comfortable objectifying myself, nor having other people objectify me. So I didn't use my sexuality to make my music. Um, Not saying that there's anything wrong with a woman owning her sensuality, but I just didn't want to take that path. That wasn't for me. And they tried to, like, put me in that box. And when I was like, no, you know, they rejected me. Broke my heart. And I stopped rapping. It broke my heart. The Voidcast is part of WJCT's Jacksonville Music Experience. Here to give music fans in Northeast Florida and beyond lots of ways to enjoy their favorite artists and discover new genres on the air, online, on demand, and in person. It's three streaming music stations, TV and online performances, 
and the WJCT Soundstage Series. Check it out now at wjct.org slash jacksmusic. This brings me back to Giello, who gave me the idea for this episode. If anyone knows about putting together an inclusive hip-hop show, it's G. Remember those days back at school? Always skipping class back at all the rules. No think you know what you did to me. We kind of were tokenized to kind of be like the openers. Like, okay, we're just going to put the girl on the bill and she's going to be the opener. And that kind of started just being very like frustrating and kind of like, um, how you say, just like, I just felt that like tokenizing. And it was kind of like when I started seeing more people come to just see me play, then I kind of was like, all right, this is whack. Like, (laughs) I need to start creating spaces that are like just all women lineups, you know? Because didn't I never saw that in like any of the shows that I ever went to, whether that was hip hop or that was rock or anything like that. Beyond making space for women, there's another layer to this for G, who identifies as non-binary, meaning G doesn't identify exclusively as a man or a woman. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Uh, hi, y'all. My name is BB Deluxe. My pronouns are she, her, and hers is. <laughs> <laughs> G and BB are friends and sometime collaborators. They've both been on the forefront of LGBTQ activism in the city for years now. And though musically they might sound different, There's a lot of overlap in the ways in which they've had to kick down doors to local venues or use their platforms to open up new spaces. Once I started DJing um, and being in, you know, queer spaces, it was cool. But then also, you know, still having that gatekeeping aspect, you know, when club owners were telling me like, hey, like you can't play hip hop like. We don't play hip hop here. Oh, that, like, that's some but... <laughs> tea too, because there are lots of gay clubs uh, where they have a rule for the drag queens where they can't do rap or quote aggressive music. Yeah, you know, Cardi B was okay. You know, Migos was okay. But it's like if we're real, like hip hop music is pop music right now. BB is transgender and also known for her drag shows. In this video, she's on stage at the San Marco music venue Jackrabbits to perform a sampling of songs from her debut album the deluxe enterprise. Though she's been a staple at another club, the Metro, with blue streaked hair and eyeshadow that matches her blue beard, Bibi looks like she was born for the Jackrabbit stage as she dances her way to the microphone and launches into a set of radio-ready tunes, replete with electronic influences, drum samples, sugary hooks, and true to her 21st century pop bona fides, rap. Though B.B. doesn't consider herself a rapper, as a contemporary pop artist, hip-hop was bound to influence the mix. And as an artist who was raised in Jacksonville, that influence was inescapable. Twinkie was just the greatest rapper I'd ever met. Like, um down just could write something in like 10 minutes full of pop culture references and had this amazing flow and just this energy and was not afraid of 
anyone and would perform wearing like three bras yes. and a nightgown. <laughs> I mean, killing, like killing just all rap. attacking the floor. Just, just <laughs> like there was like, there was no one else in the field like Twinkie. Here I go again making the same mistakes. Accelerating with the boy when I should hit the brakes. How many head on collisions will it take? my ego takes shape. I was um, trained in jazz and I really liked singing and it was like, it was always kind of tough lip syncing because it was like I was hiding the thing that I had like practiced and exercised and trained for years. And um, so then I started making, uh, you know, just seeing Twinkie just being so unabashed with their talents made me want to do the same. I, I can't really say that I have too much of a relationship with the hip-hop community. I love hip-hop. Um, Fem C's are my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and, um, all, my influences are Missy Misdemeanor Elliott, uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even if you, uh, if you want to throw it back, Salt and Pepper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've just always enjoyed the perspective of women in hip hop, and that's where a lot of you know my influences come from. But I I I I feel like you do have like hip hop undertones in the music that you do because you are inspired by that. You're so very like vocal and aware of like your privilege in that community as well, which I definitely respect. Um, gee, what are your influences? As far as like DJing, um. I love New Jersey clubhouse music. There's this um, DJ in New Jersey. Um, her name is Unique, and I love, love, love her. Um, I just love fast, like, upbeat, like, you know, house music. I don't know. I'm just, like, obsessed with house music. Um, I think, like, because it's when you listen to it, like, live, like, in like um you know huge like monitors and stuff you know all you hear is like the bass and then it's like super fast like while carving their own paths g and bb have had somewhat parallel journeys art school kids who both graduated from douglas anderson school of the arts they're both creating spaces for folks who are neglected or not traditionally catered to Vivi started this off-the-wall thematic variety show, Glitter Bomb, which was intended to break down barriers from inception. You just get a lot of gatekeeping in the drag community. I was told when I started I wasn't going to have a career because I wouldn't shave my face mm. and because I wasn't like fond of shaving my armpits and my legs and stuff. So it's, it's interesting to hear that from the hip-hop community that yeah. you started was in need of filling a niche, and we needed to make a spot for all the gender variant. You know, people got leg hair, people are doing things with more concept. <laughs> You're not just doing a number and then that's that. My favorite one we've ever done was um, Night of a Thousand Joan Cusacks, which um, we all dress like Joan Cusack. And Giella, who cut her teeth singing and rapping, has taken on the role of both DJ and impresario for the all-ages, inclusive dance night, Duval Folks currently the most talked about party in the city. So um, Duval Folks um, is a um, queer, um, trans, people of color, like dance night. Um, so I call it Cutie Pop, centered around um, black and brown bodies, um, meaning that like we want the space to be respected um, by those um, folks when you see them in the room. So not like fetishizing them or touching them, also asking people for pronouns and just having it be like an all-inclusive space um, for just like a dance night. 
the next phase for this year is having more facilitated dialogues um, and then bringing um, black and brown femmes up here to do all DJ nights. What became really apparent from Giella and BB's conversation is that gatekeepers, literal or metaphorical, remain a repressive force in both the hip-hop and queer community. Both artists feel like they've been treated like novelty acts. You know, it's like interviews or meeting new people. The conversation's never about the music. <laughs> and um, and that's tough. It's really tough because, um, you know, even I, I made the conscious effort to pivot into music away from drag uh, last year. It's really difficult. I'm pigeonholed constantly. It's like sometimes I would really just like it to be asked questions like, what are your influences? What's a dream collab? Where's your music going? You know, because um, cause I think people want to get wrapped up in the story. It's not treated like music. It's treated like, oh, look, this drag queen sings. And the reality is I am I am just a trans femme with a really impeccable sense of style. <laughs> and, but that's the least interesting thing about me. You know, I think it was hard when... Um, when I started to DJ more because like people will be like, oh, you're the female DJ. We're going to put you on, you know, I think. And I played into that, you know, when I first started DJing because that got me to gig, you know, <laughs> and especially when I started being like in clubs and stuff. But then I, I kind of started feeling like weird because I was like, I don't know if this is like really my place or this is like where like, I want to like be, you know. Is there a need to um, to bring those spaces like to I guess like a broader audience and have like more crossover just thinking about a way forward like so more of these spaces but does there need to be like more um, of these artists involved in like yeah. more eclectic lineups I guess yeah I think if it's done intentionally yes um, you know if it's like more of um, folks using their platform um, to bring awareness to a lot of the things that you know our communities like go through I think yes if it's done right it could happen I think collaborating is good um, but I because our nights are catered to a specific cause I think if it's just done like intentionally I think a crossover would be dope like collaborating would be dope so because a lot of people know the language but they don't learn the lesson yeah it shouldn't be the responsibility of the artist to teach these lessons. Certainly their music, their art, drawn from emotions and experiences, can move us in the right direction. But only if we listen. She tripping on that real thing. You want that real thing. She tripping on that real thing. This is The Voidcast from Void Magazine and WJCT Public Media. I'm the editor of Void Magazine, Matt Shaw. This episode was produced by Lindsay Kilbride and recorded at the studios of WJCT. Check out a playlist of music from this episode at wjct.org slash voidcast. Special thanks to Giella for letting us use their song She Trippin' to bring us into this episode and taking us out. What you feel won't be forgot. Fill the bottom, know that top. You can't be stalling if you on it. On the low low, I be zoning. Voice and boom cat got you jonesing. You gon' probably need a moment. Press this cheek, I got you foaming. Don't start in and out of your story.